0: Good afternoon, and welcome to the Middle East Forum's webinar and podcast series, Israel Insider with Ashley Perry. I'm Stacey Roman, and I will be moderating this discussion today. We are pleased to have Mr. Ashley Perry, advisor to the Middle East Forum's Israel office, join us here each Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern to update us on all the events going on in Israel. Mr. Perry will be giving us a briefing on current Israeli affairs for 15 minutes, then open it up for questions. Should you wish to ask a question, please use the Q&A box located at the bottom of your screen to type your question. Now, with no further ado, I'll turn the discussion over to Mr. Ashley Berry.
1: Thank you very much, Stacey, and good evening from Israel. Um, There's only really one place to start uh, this week, and that's with the uh, slightly delayed uh, first meeting or first official meeting between Uh, President Joe Biden and Prime Minister Naftali Bennett that was supposed to take place on last Thursday and was delayed to Friday because of the suicide attack which took place just outside Kabul airport which ended up killing I think almost 200 people including 13 US servicemen. Obviously with that going on the meeting had to be delayed. Uh, It's very unfortunate first of all it was very unfortunate because of the suicide attack but sort of uh uh more uh, more uh, uh outlook, it was certainly unfortunate for uh, Naftali Bennett. Naftali Bennett went there as a prime minister, really needing a photo op, uh, really not necessarily for his legitimacy because now you know, he's the accepted prime minister. There's no one who uh, doesn't accept it, uh, you know, except for a few uh, extreme perhaps uh, he could nick him. Um, but he certainly needed it to put him on the world stage. You know, a prime minister who is able to sit in the White House uh, opposite uh, a sitting president, it it goes a long way in Israel. It's the kind of uh, photo op which uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu uh, in the past used and many others uh, before him. It is obviously with, you know, in Israel, US is certainly the the foremost, the strongest uh, ally and so, so a picture, you know, sitting across uh, from the president, uh, the American president, is very important. And in fact, it was originally scheduled for prime time uh, TV in Israel. I believe it was supposed to be eight o'clock. Was supposed to be the prepared statements, uh, eight o'clock uh, Israel, which is prime time. It, it would have led the news. Uh, you know, we'd have got all the pictures, all the niceties, all the smiles when the meeting took place. Obviously, because of what happened in Kabul, uh, it was less a smiley event, let's say it was less a happy event. Uh, And in the end, it took place uh, really just before the Shabbat here in Israel on the Friday. You know, the newspapers had already been put to bed uh, Thursday night, and it was certainly hoping to have that picture plastered uh, on every front cover of every newspaper in Israel. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. So I had to wait till Sunday uh, for that. uh, And there there was a lot of momentum. Obviously, there's nothing anyone could do about it but it certainly was one thing that, uh, that Prime Minister uh, Bennett would have liked to have ticked off on his meeting uh, with uh, President Biden. But what did happen in the meeting? First of all, it does seem like the meeting was positive. The meeting was good. The meeting went as well as anyone can expect uh, on a number of issues. Um, there was you know, a certain amount of understanding, let's say, if not agreement. There's obviously disagreement on the Palestinian issue, which we're gonna start. Uh, Prime Minister uh, Bennett was uh, very vocal in saying before the meeting, let alone uh, probably during the meeting, that uh, you know, he has to appease both sides of his uh, coalition. As We know it's left, right, center, even an Arab party. And as far as the Palestinian uh, issue goes, he put out two promises which pretty much uh, uh, he won't be breaking, uh, pretty much ones that it's clear he's going to keep. The first one is there'll be no annexation of uh, territory over the Green Line in Judea, Samaria, uh, the West Bank, which is clear because uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu had long talked about annexation, uh, had taken it off the table during the Abraham Accords. That was one of the quid pro quo that the uh, Arab states, uh, the UAE, Bahrain and others, uh, placed on uh, those deals and it's something that, obviously, then President Donald Trump was happy to go along with and in the end, Prime Minister Netanyahu went along with. And Don't forget this is a Prime Minister, uh, Naftali Bennett, who's talked about annexation as part of his party platform for at least a number of elections. But again, it's, it's not really, uh, you know, so out of the box. no one really believes with the government that he has or, or pretty much any government that there's going to be, you know, I, uh, those, those of you who, uh, who are regulars to uh, Israel Insider will remember even at the height of all the talk of annexation, I was very skeptical that there would be any or very minimal amounts, And in the end, there was none. Um, so that was one promise. The other is that there'll be no Palestinian state on this watch. I mean, that's something the Americans can understand. They can't, they won't necessarily agree to it, not, not agree to the principle, but they, they would certainly like to see some sort of a political process, but they understand A, the structure of the government and B, they understand that the Palestinian leadership is weak, it has very little interest in uh, a real process. At the moment, Mahmoud Abbas is in Cairo meeting with President Sisi and uh, King Abdullah of Jordan. Uh, the idea there is to try and get some sort of momentum, this is what's being pushed out to the media, some sort of momentum back into a peace process there. They're trying to push uh, the quartet to take over, if we remember the quartet resurrect I believe it was the early 2000s, where it was uh, the Quartet is the US, Russia, EU, and UN. Uh, There was a roadmap put up by the Quartet and some other initiatives, but it never came to anything. As far as Israel is concerned, that's a non-starter. Israel really will only rely on the US to be an honest partner. And this is probably more than anything else, just an attempt uh, by the Palestinian leadership to try and get other players involved and uh, to try and, you know, take back the momentum a little bit. Um, but uh, under Navtali Bennett, it's unlikely that there'll be any sort of political process. In fact, Benny Gantz, uh, who we'll talk about it, uh, in a minute, was on the media today. And don't forget, Benny Gantz represents at least a centre-left uh, opinion within the government. And he said that there is, there won't be any political process. He doesn't foresee any. So those two promises that Bennett kept are not gonna be any great surprise for the Israeli publics and and nor the American administration. Uh, What was important is there's no disagreement on that. It it was not raised publicly. It was raised behind closed doors, uh, the Palestinian issue. What uh, seems to be clear is that President Biden did ask uh, the Israeli Prime Minister to take certain steps, both vis-a-vis Mahmoud Abbas uh, in Ramallah and in Gaza uh, vis-a-vis the people there. What we've seen in the day since is quite a few steps that have been taken. Uh, Benny Gantz, uh, who I referred to before, Defense Minister, who is in charge really of relations to a certain extent with Ramallah, certainly on the security and even the economic level, uh, has agreed to a loan, has agreed to various other steps and even um, a, a fairly, not unprecedented, but certainly for at least 10 years, if not longer, for a defence minister to travel to Amala and to meet with Mahmoud Abbas, uh, which happened the other day. Uh, There was a bit of a disagreement exactly who was behind it, whether it was coordinated with uh, the Prime Minister. It's clear it was coordinated. Defence Minister Gantz wouldn't have been able to do it without at least alerting the Prime Minister. The Prime Minister would have had to give, if not necessarily his full-throated support, at least his blessing Uh, but it's clear that Naftani Bennett got quite a bit of pushback from the right wing of his coalition. Not so much from within his party, but more from Gidon Saar's New Hope party, uh, which didn't like uh, the meeting, or at least had to voice its opinion publicly that it didn't like it. As I said, there's a lot of politics involved, and sometimes you have to make noise uh, knowing that you can't really take action, because in a razor-thin majority that this government has, you know, that they can't really, uh, you know, if, if you're going to, to threaten to vote against this or not to support the government, that could mean the end of the government, especially with the budget coming up literally uh, in days. Uh, but what Naftali Bennett certainly wasn't happy about is that this got a lot of attention and it made him look a little bit weak, um, but it's clear that there was at least a very high level of coordination. Uh, other than that, some very uh, conciliatory steps Uh, been taken in Gaza, a lot of what's called goodwill or humanitarian measures, Uh, the fishing, uh, the amount of uh, 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 waters that can be fished by Gazan uh, fishermen was extended to the largest amount for many, many years, 15 uh, 15 kilometers or 50 miles, usually the the maximum was 13. Uh, Lots of uh, uh, trucks have entered Kerem Shalom with humanitarian, with construction uh, materials, and also a lot more uh, Gazan workers were allowed into Israel. A lot more permits were given uh, for them to work in Israel and various other humanitarian steps. What is infuriating at least the right wing at this point uh, is that these steps were being taken as the heat was raised uh, within Gaza. What we've seen for the last at least four or five nights and we're seeing again tonight is um, activities within Gaza Hamas are not openly involved, but clearly they are strongly supportive and behind the scenes because nothing like this happens in Gaza without their say so, is uh, hundreds of Gazans armed uh, approach different areas of the fence, the border between Gaza and Israel, and burn tires and throw projectiles. Um, We saw an Israeli soldier uh, who was shot uh, point blank by uh, an armed uh, Uh, Palestinian uh, the other day and unfortunately that soldier has now succumbed to his wounds and and has died and there's a lot of anger about that. A lot of Israelis who are demonstrating believe that the soldiers on that border have not been given strong enough uh, uh, orders to respond to fire. They believe that the army is restraining them, is not allowing them to shoot on protesters even when they have uh, cause to believe that uh, there's some danger to their lives. Benny Gantz again uh, on his uh, interview on Pride Time today said, of course, that's not true. The IDF does have uh, rules of engagement that allow a soldier to open fire on anyone that they believe poses a danger to them. But uh, there is significant uh, anger over that. and It's certainly going to grow uh, in the days to come, especially as it seems that this government is making more and more goodwill uh, gestures towards Uh, the Gaza Strip as things are heating up. Now, Benny Gantz's argument again on TV is that he can always reverse them. Nothing there is written in stone. And if there were trucks coming in yesterday, it doesn't mean there will be tomorrow. But at the moment, uh, the equation seems to be that uh, Israel is trying to take steps to calm the situation. Um, Going back to the meeting with Biden, my assessment would be that these were uh, things that were asked and uh, were pretty much given by Israel. Uh, what's happening in the government is that Benny Gantz, as I said, who represents to so a certainly said the left of center part of the government is able, it has a lot more wiggle room and uh, Prime Minister Bennett, uh, it's much easier for him politically to allow him to be seen as leading on these things. Whereas uh, Bennett, you know, uh, is, is at arm's length. Um, but on the Iran issue the Biden Bennett, uh, Meeting there's obviously there was, that was obviously a big focus for Israel at least, and what was most interesting is that uh, President Biden put uh, all options back on the table. Um, we certainly haven't heard that uh, from President Biden since he came into office, and it certainly rattled the Iranians. The Iranian, I believe, foreign minister, or foreign ministry actually put out a, a tweet in Hebrew uh, saying that this was, you know, this was. Uh, uh, like an attack on Iran, the fact that they put the military option back on the table, Uh, but that's certainly something that uh, Prime Minister Bennett would be happy to hear. Uh, And at the end of the day, it was a pretty uh, convivial meeting. It was a good meeting, a good atmosphere. There were no disagreements, certainly not publicly and really not that much behind the scene. Another thing which he wanted to come home with, uh, Naftali Bennett, and certainly it seems that there's movement on it, is uh, visa waivers for Israelis at the moment, Israeli citizens who want to visit America have to apply for a visa, and many of those are turned down, but there are many other countries that uh, like the EU, like uh, the UK and others uh, can just go into uh, America without having to apply for a visa in advance. So if he could manage to get that concession out of uh, the US in the future, that would be also a major feather in his cap. Um, But on Iran, it does seem that there is an understanding that for the moment, diplomacy is not working. The Iranian said as much. Uh, They said that we're going to have to put off any future talks for a few months, uh, which is worrying from Israel's point of view, especially when you have uh, Defense Minister Benny Gantz saying that uh, uh, the Iranians are weeks away from nuclear weapons uh, capability, uh, months perhaps, and so this is probably a delaying tactic. So the fact that the Americans were talking strong, uh, President Biden was talking strong on the Iran issue will certainly be a relief uh, to Israeli ears. Um, and basically that was really the, the, the you know, the, the, the meeting was about getting to know you, a photo op, a sort of making nice, trying to change the atmosphere between the two parties. Obviously both of them are relatively new in their position. Uh, uh, former prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu uh, certainly had annoyed the Democratic party over the previous years. Uh, you know, we don't need to go into the history there. Uh, President Donald Trump, Uh, Obviously, President Biden wanted to try and change some of the things that President Trump had done. But as far as Israel so far, there haven't been too many steps. There's talk about reopening the American consulate in East Jerusalem, but there's an understanding that that could be a problem for Bennett's coalition. And it does seem that the Americans understand the sensitivity of this coalition. So to uh, put up, you know, too many uh, things which are going to cause sparks Uh, between the parties is going to be put off until after the uh, budget, as I've said many times in recent weeks, the budget is the most important thing on the uh, Israeli political agenda and the Americans understand that once that's passed, there's a certain amount of comfort, things will change uh, for the better, I would say for the coalition and for the worse for the opposition and the Americans understand that. On Thursday, we're going to have the first vote on the new budget and the arrangements laws, uh, which I spoke about, which goes along with it. There's still tension on that issue. The arrangement laws, especially on the agricultural reform, is something which uh, uh, some of the members of Knesset on the left are not happy about, and they said they'll vote against. Don't forget, uh, you know, I said this before, it's a razor thin majority, 51, maybe 52. And we have the leader of the Labour Party who's in America who doesn't seem to, uh, who will not, it seems, be able to get back to Israel on time because she's just, uh, gone to visit her newborn um, uh, her son, which was from a surrogate mother, and it doesn't seem that she'll be back. So that could also uh, create a lot of problems for the coalition. And as I've said before, the coalition really has to speed up the process for the budget if it's going to, to reach that November uh, you know, timeline, because we have the Jewish holidays next week. Uh, that will basically set off almost a month of Jewish holidays, where there's only about eight or nine working days, and then we're already into October, and these things take time, especially with uh, a vigorous opposition, which is going to filibuster and really push the government at every turn. So what we're going to see as of Thursday is really, as I said, the scrap, the fight between the coalition and the opposition, and the coalition have to be extremely in line, have to be unified, have to turn up to every vote, and they can't afford to have any abstentions uh, in the coalition. This is now where all attention in Israel on the political front is going to be turned, and also, as I said, to a certain extent, in the international front. And with that, I'm happy to answer any questions.
0: All right, thank you so much. From Kahari. Uh, did Biden ask the Israeli prime minister about the Israeli-Chinese rappro- rapprochement?
1: Um, from what my understanding is it it didn't come up uh, significantly. I don't know if it was raised at all, but it didn't seem to be a significant uh, <clears throat> issue. And as I said before, uh, when it comes to choosing between China and the US, there's, there's no, there's no debate amongst any Israeli leader from left or right.
0: All right, thank you so much. Uh, David Levine asks, in light of the way the US pulled out of Kabul. Can you summarize the reaction of Israelis vis-a-vis their own confidence in America as a reliable ally? That's
1: a good question. Um, You know, no one's talking about it openly, although Yale appeared in a briefing to foreign reporters, said that it was the right move done wrongly. Uh, And certainly, uh, maybe the timing wasn't wasn't correct. He, He corrected himself and said we should listen to what President Biden said. It was a very difficult decision, and there's no way to do it or whatever. Um, which may not be met uh, so kindly uh, in America, especially with this no criticism understanding between the the two nations. Uh, In Israel, there's certainly a worry that it could embolden Islamist groups around the world. We saw uh, this relationship, this burgeoning relationship between Hamas and Taliban. It actually has gone back a while and there was a a meeting a few months ago and Hamas put out a congratulatory uh, note Uh, To Taliban and basically said, you know, we hope to see the same thing here. And Taliban uh, responded in kind, saying, you know, this is the beginning of the end to any occupations, and and we support uh, Palestine from the river to the sea. Uh, So it certainly does seem like it's going to embolden uh, groups, uh, Islamist groups, uh, around the world, Um, and it's certainly, you know, worrying when you know uh, uh, someone said that the difference in firepower between the US and the Taliban is far greater than between Israel and Hamas and certainly Israel and Hezbollah. So some have suggested that uh, you know Hamas and Hezbollah and other groups that even though they are inferior in firepower to Israel maybe they have the tenacity, the uh, long-term vision, uh, the steadfastness to sit around and wait their opponents out. Obviously it's very different because at the end of the day you know, Afghanistan is very far from the homeland, from the U.S. homeland, and no one was fighting for their homes there. Uh, here, it's obviously very, very different. But uh, there is a feeling amongst certain experts, including in Israel, that uh, Islamist groups are emboldened by this, and that's certainly not good for Israel, the West, allies, or the U.S. itself.
0: In a quick follow-up on this, we had an entire webinar devoted to this. Uh, a viewer asks, are the, is the Taliban a threat to Israel and are they an ally or an enemy of Iran?
1: Um, they're certainly not an ally, although apparently I just saw pictures, I, I can't verify if they're true, that the Taliban is starting to sell some of the equipment left behind by the US to Iran and there'd be pictures of some of this equipment um, in in, uh, in Iran itself. Uh, Don't forget there's the Shiite element and the Sunni element, They're certainly not close and warm uh, relations. But they do have a common enemy. Um, But uh, the Taliban really at this point is most focused on rule governance and rule, you know, they have a country which is in ruins. Uh, They have a bit of a brain drain, a lot of, uh, you know, gifted people have left the country have fled either, you know, uh, over land or with Uh, you know, these air convoys. um, And, you know, they were desperate for a lot of uh, the bureaucrats to stay and Many of them would have gone uh, with the Western forces. Um, And, you know, at that moment, they're really trying to focus on uh, governance rule, they do have a fight with the Islamic State, you know, they are certainly uh, enemies, uh, as we saw the other, you know, the 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 suicide bomb outside the Kabul airport was perpetrated or at least they took responsibility Islamic State um, and it killed quite a few Taliban fighters as well. Uh, There is a worry that Al-Qaeda who some have said throughout these 20 years of uh, American presence in Afghanistan they they kind of just settled amongst the people many of them intermarried amongst Afghanis these are Al-Qaeda foreign fighters so there is a perhaps a low level foundation for them to return. And that would certainly be a worry, uh, not just for Israel, but for the West. Uh, The Taliban themselves do not represent, you know, really a a strategic threat to Israel or any sort of threat, but Afghanistan could once again become a base for global jihadi terrorist organizations. And certainly that's a worry for Israel, the US and uh, and the West, as I said before.
0: Thank you. And now on to the the meeting with Gantz and Abbas. With uh, Len asked and a few others actually asked on this: Was there any concessions made by Abbas in exchange for the loan, uh, such as the end of pay to slay or incitement?
1: No, uh, it doesn't seem it doesn't seem that there were. It was more. I mean, according to uh, Defense Minister Gantz, it was more talk about security cooperation. Uh, it served both of their interests. Uh, Abbas certainly. Uh, it helps him because he's a bit sidelined. He hasn't met with any significant Israeli leader for a long time. Uh, Benny Gantz shores up, you know. As the, you uh, know, if we if, if we if we dig down a little bit into Israeli politics, uh, Benny Gantz has to try and find uh, an audience for the future. Uh, Yeshatid is the largest group in the coalition, which is very hard to differentiate uh, between blue and white and Yeshatid. <coughs> so maybe this is blue and white, led by Benny Gantz's way to try and differentiate themselves, they're more interested in a political process, because Yeshatid and Yer Lapid has pretty much fallen in very nicely uh, with Bennett, that there is no political uh, process at this time, even though he's not against the two-state solution as opposed to Bennett. Uh, Lapid certainly hasn't been touting it, uh, so maybe this is Benny Gantz's opportunity. And don't forget, as Benny Gantz himself was questioned tonight, he still hasn't offer. Uh, by the Likud to leave this government and then become prime minister in a right wing government. He didn't deny that the offer uh, took place today uh, during his interview and he didn't even say he would never take it. He said, I'm I'm only interested in this government. I'm supportive of this government. I think Prime Minister Bennett is doing a good option but he was very careful not to and that's uh, whether he's serious or not about taking it. and I'm sure he will remember how he was treated by former Prime Minister Netanyahu by completely denying it and saying that it's completely off the table, certainly would lose him a certain amount of leverage. So all of these things uh, play very much into what we saw this week. Uh, Concessions by by the Palestinians, uh, nothing was really released. It doesn't seem that there were any, um, but it it certainly seems to me that much of this was um, asked by the Americans to make these concessions towards the Palestinians.
0: Understood. Thank you, from Jeffrey Chef. In the original Gaza withdrawal agreement, it included the creation of a safe corridor along the border in Gaza territory to prevent further conflict at the border. It has been suggested for Israel to finally create that corridor. Uh, how likely is this?
1: Well, in the end, that was in one of the first drafts of the disengagements to have some sort of original Israeli presence. Uh, Prime Minister Sharon, back in the day, wanted to have a permanent Israeli presence there. That was nixed by the Americans under George W. Bush, who wanted a complete withdrawal to every last inch. Then there was this idea of U-BAM, which was a, a, a European monitoring uh, to try and monitor smuggling going across that uh, Egypt-Gaza border. And at the first sign of trouble, we saw the U-BAM forces run away. Actually, I think they ran away three times. They ran away, came back, ran away, came back. So that pretty much the, the border, at least on the Gaza side, is, is held by Hamas. On the Egyptian side, we've certainly seen uh, mostly some good work by the Egyptians who have tried to stop the smuggling, uh, but obviously some of it still does get through every now and again. Uh, but on the whole, that's not where, uh, where, where you know, it, it certainly isn't the smuggling that we saw uh, back in back in the day. Uh, but as far as I'm aware, there is no intention uh, by Israel to. Uh, Put back that, uh, that sort of security barrier, um, because that's not really where, let's say, the action quote-unquote is happening today, and that seems to be happening all along the border. These guards and militants who are creating these nightly disturbances are basically all along the border, sometimes the north, sometimes uh, the southern part, sometimes, you know, so there's no one part of the border that's sort of uh, safer, more stable than, than any of the others at this point.
0: Thank you. And, and you spoke about the budget and, and there's been some issues with that in the past. Do you think it's likely to pass this time or, or is there still hesitancy?
1: Um, there, there's certainly disagreements. And so far, according to some in labor merits, uh, they've said that they're not going to pass the arrangements law, which is a sort of addendum, but sometimes even more important uh, than the budget itself, because there is one, one of the most problematic parts for them is the a reform of uh, the agricultural sector, which we spoke about in the past. Uh, the, the agricultural sector has a very strong lobby, especially with the left-wing parties, with the history of the Kibbutzim, the agricultural sector being part of the workers unions, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. So they have a very strong bo- voice in those parties and they've been lobbying very hard. And at the moment, there's at least a handful of members of Knesset who said that they'll vote against uh, the arrangements bill. Uh, in its current form, they have been you know, really uh, around-the-clock meetings, the finance ministry with some of these MKs, uh, Prime Minister Bennett has got involved, finance minister uh, Victor Lehman has got involved. I think at the end it will pass. There'll be uh, compromises on all sides and all sides will be able to walk away and say we got what we wanted um, uh, because I think it's just too early for this government to fall. I think no one wants to go to elections and if the budget isn't passed that that's what automatically happens and I don't see Certainly, none of the leaders want it. Whether they can keep every single member of Knesset in check, that remains to be seen. But I would say that the likelihood is that the budget will pass because it's, it's just far too early and everyone has an interest in gaining some achievements from the budget and not going to elections so soon. And don't forget, uh, if elections do come, everyone still understands uh, the person sitting on the other side of the aisle. Benjamin Netanyahu still the leader of the could still polling very, very well, still only one or two seats away from having a majority for a, a right-wing uh, government. So I don't see uh, uh, too many parties really gambling on uh, such an eventuality. There's a lot of uh, muscle flexing, uh, saber rattling, uh, but I think at the end it, it will pass.
0: Thank you. And in our last minute here, Len Levinas, what's the latest on the coronavirus situation in Israel as to the high holidays and in general?
1: Well, the schools went back today, it was the first day of school, um, there was a big debate, will they won't they, start the school year, uh, but it seems that this government, as opposed to the last one, is very strongly against lockdowns or high restrictions. There have been a certain amount of restrictions, but they, they haven't gone too far, even though the daily amount of uh, um, cases, positive cases, is uh, pretty high. It's, 10, it's over 10,000 for a couple of days and actually I I saw a statistic today or or yesterday that it was the highest uh, uh, per million uh, anywhere in the world. But what we have seen, even though there is a high number of people getting it uh, every day, the number of seriously ill has actually uh, uh, plateaued or even gone down. Uh, That's probably largely to do with uh, the rollout of the third vaccine, which seems to just uh, give you a lot more antibodies. So whereas it doesn't necessarily stop you from getting the coronavirus, it certainly seems to prevent a lot of the more serious cases. And now we're seeing a vast majority of people who are seriously ill, who are dying, are the unvaccinated, even though they represent less than 10% of uh, the age groups that are getting ill and dying. So it's clear that the third vaccine rollout is working, is having an effect, because at the end of the day, you want to stop people dying, you want to see stop people getting seriously ill, even if the numbers of those who are being tested is. Very high and the numbers of those who are testing positive are very high. So uh, the experts in Israel are pretty positive. There probably will be a bit of a raise because of the school year, because of the Jewish high holidays. But it does seem that the R number is going down, which is crucial, and the number of those getting ill and dying seems to be plateauing and even uh, decreasing. So on the whole, it's relatively positive.
0: Good to hear. All right. Well, we've come to the close of our webinar and podcast. Ashley, thank you again for taking time to update us Thanks. this week. Uh, as a reminder, we will not be hosting a webinar this Friday due to the long holiday weekend. Thank you all for joining us. And I hope you have a great day.